Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Let us pray. Holy God, on this sacred night, help us to set aside all of our worries and fears, anxieties and concerns, and open our hearts to the presence and movement of your spirit. We gather around this table in gratitude, and we gather to worship you with joy and sobriety in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing our first hymn. Please remain standing as we confess our sins before God and one another using the prayer printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Eternal God, whose covenant with us is never broken, we confess that we fail to fulfill your will. Though you have bound yourself to us, we fail to bind ourselves to you. We do not love you fully or love one another as you command. In your mercy, forgive and cleanse us. Lead us once again to your table and unite us to Christ, who is the bread of life and the vine from which we grow in grace. Amen. My friends, who is in a position to condemn? It is only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. 
Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. The new life has come. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Let us sing to God's glory. You may be seated. The Shadow of Betrayal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him, one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. He replied, you have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The shadow of desertion. Then Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Though all may become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to Jesus, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Thank you. 
the shadow of lethargy. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The Shadow of Violence. While Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs. From the chief priests and the elders of the people, now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, the one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once, Judas came up to Jesus and said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly, one of those with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But all this has taken place so that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted Jesus and fled.
The Shadow of Lies. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death, but they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, at last two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. The high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I put you under oath before the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophecy to us, you Messiah. Who is it that struck you?
the shadow of denial. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him and said, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly, you are also one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then Peter began to curse. And he swore an oath, I do not know the man. At that moment, the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. When we are in a space like this that is full of so many symbols of the faith, so many images around us in this sanctuary, I want you to think about tonight for a moment, what would be the best symbol for the Christian faith? What would be the best symbol that would really tell what we believe? Would it be um, the three interlocking circles that we often see for the Trinity? Would that be the best symbol. It would, it would show that, that we believe in one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. Maybe it would be that Trinity symbol that would be the best. Or maybe the fish. You know, we remember a learning in Sunday school maybe that uh, that was one of the earliest Christian symbols. Jesus had said to his disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Maybe the fish would be the best symbol. Or certainly the cross, of course. The cross has to be in the running, the, the symbol of what God does for us in Jesus' sacrifice that we honor this week, that, that that death didn't bring sorrow, but it brought victory. Maybe it's the cross. Many of us would say it's the cross that is the best symbol of the Christian faith. But there is another, and perhaps a surprising another. Over 1,400 years ago, the Pope at the time proclaimed this. This is how he put it. He said, the most suitable emblem of Christianity is the rooster. You heard me right. The most suitable emblem of Christianity is the rooster. That's what the Pope said all those years ago. And from that pronouncement, in fact, uh, churches started putting roosters on the tops of their steeples all over the world. Around the world, you can still see many that have remained, but why? Why a rooster as the best symbol of the Christian faith? Well, this night, in, in these readings, have already told the story. 
of what is happening here, of what is happening on this night. Uh, so I will only point out for us what is not written here. What we might have expected to read and we don't read tonight. What we consider in the events of this night, when we consider them, we know that there is this battle going on between heaven and hell around this table that night, between good and evil. We know that that is part of what's happening, this battle. And we might be expecting it to be sort of a Star Wars kind of battle, right? With, with good Yoda on one side and the heavy breathing Darth Vader on the other. There should be this monster of evil. But the evil, did you listen? It's not so astounding on this night. I want you to notice how ordinary it is. The sin... We heard about on this night the evil that was at work is, is shaking a friend's shoulder awake because they've gotten sleepy. The evil that is in this night is, is watching people as they run when the going gets tough. It is hearing someone say what might sound like white lies. Who is it going to hurt? I was in a pinch. There's no heavy breathing monster lurking at the edges of this table, at this meal. There's just frailty and fear and forgetfulness. That is the evil of this night. While Peter gets it specifically, there is a rooster waiting to crow for all of them. <laughs> of course there is. Who do we think Jesus is saving? Who do we think he came into the world for? It's not for heroes. I can promise you that. It's not for heroes. It's for us. Jesus ministered to, he taught, he healed, and tonight we celebrate that he suffered and died for the betrayers the deserters, the lethargic, the violent, what's it say in your bulletin? The, the liars and the deniers, all those shadows. He, we're the shadows of this night, and he came for us. He came to save the ones the rooster has a lot to crow about. You know, sometimes... Christians can be accused of acting holier than thou, right? Or that we look down our nose at other people, we act like we're perfect. And, and yeah, there have been times when we fit that bill. We, we have acted that way when we shouldn't have. But when we are at our best, when we are at our best, we know that it is the rooster that fits us. We know that about ourselves. And it's not just at that table that night that the rooster was ready to crow, but it's at this table every time we come to it. We know that we come here frail and full of sin. There's only a couple of differences between us and, and anyone else. There's really only a couple of differences. And the first is that we want to be honest 
about our rooster who's sitting right there. We know about him, and we want to be honest. And the other difference is that we know we're called to love each other in spite of the roosters that, that they carry. That's what Jesus did on, on this night. When he looked around that table of deniers and betrayers, you know, John records it the most specifically. John writes that Jesus looked at them. He looked at each of them and he said, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. He loved us more than he hated our roosters. And he asks us, to love the same way. He looked around the table and he loved all of us more than he loved what the rooster has to crow about. So I want you to imagine them sitting on top of the churches in our town. I want you to imagine them on the steeples and the rooftops, on, on the tower of our own church. I want you to imagine that rooster. It points to our need of course it does, to the, to the imperfect people that Jesus came to save. But it also points to more. Remember that final scripture I just read for you tonight. Remember what happens. It was when the rooster crowed. It was when Peter heard it that he woke from his lethargy, from his denial, from his desertion. It was the rooster's cry that brought him to his senses again. And we know from the passage it was not an easy alarm. It was not an easy waking. Peter wept bitterly when he heard it. But it was the rooster that woke him. And it was the rooster that called him back to Jesus. So as much as that bird reminds us of our sin, it also wakes us up and calls us home. The best symbol of the Christian faith, uh, is the rooster the best? As that Pope once believed, I don't know about that. I don't know about the best. But around this table, it is the kindest one we could hope for. It is an acknowledgement of how over and over we will stumble, and over and over Jesus will call us home. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, as we gather at your table, we pray that your spirit would be upon us, that through these elements our faith might be strengthened and renewed, awakened even. Help us as we gather here to be mindful of your call in our lives your call to love you with heart, soul, mind, and strength, 
and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you now to listen to the story of our faith. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. After giving thanks, he broke it. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood for the remission of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes again. Tonight we'll be having communion by intinction. I would invite you to come forward using the center aisles and return to your seats using the outer aisles. We will start from the back of the sanctuary and then move towards the front. Please hold the elements and we will eat and drink together. The table is now ready. Will the servers come forward?
the body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Gracious and holy and merciful God, on this evening which marks the betrayal of your Son, we are so grateful that that betrayal was not the end of the story. That on that same night, this gift was given to us, this gift of this table, a table of sacrifice, a table of selflessness, a table of humility, a table of community, a table of love. We thank you for the gifts of this table, and we ask that those gifts might be woven into our very lives, that the manners in which we carry out all of our actions and our duties, our chores and our tasks, our relationships, even our thoughts might be shaped by this meal instituted on this night. We thank you for this gift. We thank you for one another. And we offer this prayer as we were taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
This service is not over. It continues tomorrow night on Good Friday at 6 p.m. Please go in silence and go in peace. <laughs>